Hello, I'm Beatrice Valerie Nero, and you're listening to This is the Voice of the Prophet. I have walked in the office of the prophet since God revealed the anointing he has placed on my life for close to 40 years. This podcast is a territory that he has assigned me that I pray will be done only as he ministers. The purpose of this podcast is to share the word of God under the anointing of the Holy Ghost as he ministers and speaks to my spirit as to what he would have me to speak to you, his sons and daughters. Let's use each and every episode to help us as his sons and daughters to talk about the elephant in the room, which is racism in the body of Christ. For too many years, pastors, teachers, and leaders have tried to sweep this issue under the rug while pretending and acting as though it didn't exist. You can help and support this podcast through your love and prayers, and also by telling your families, friends, co-workers, church members, and everyone you know about This is the Voice of the Prophet and how easy it is to tune in through any podcast server under this title. And remember, if for some reason you don't receive it through the uploads or to hear previous episodes, you can always reach This is the Voice of the Prophet on every and any podcast server. Thank you and God bless you. Now let's get into the word that God has for us for this week. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is the Voice of the Prophet. This week's episode is entitled, Secret Shames Shouldn't Remain Secret. There were things that happened in my life through no fault of my own that I hid. I never wanted anyone to know because I was so ashamed of those occurrences. Even after I was saved, I tried to keep these things hidden and would refer to them as my secret shames. I never talked about them to anyone but God. However, I learned that in order for me to be healed and set free, I had to come to the realizations that these were not my shames, but the shames of those who had hurt me. Talking about these matters not only helped me, but in actuality, sharing them publicly helped others to get set free as well. Discussing these pains allowed for me, as well as others, to understand what so many innocent victims were experiencing. It opened my eyes and the understanding of those who would listen to realize truths that had to and needed to be talked about. I couldn't express these things as a child or even as a young woman because my generation had always been taught that either it was the fault of the victim or that you just kept quiet about such matters. Neither of those things were true and neither helped the victims to become the victors over these issues in their lives. Note, I didn't say victors over the people, but over the wrongs that were perpetrated upon them. In order to truly be set free from these situations, we need to look past the people involved to see the causes or reasons why they did or do what they've done. So often we will see the issues that need to be dealt with as people. There's a reason, a motive, an agenda for every action one takes. 
And that's how these things need to be dealt with. Basically, we need to look at what caused the shame and deal with it appropriately. Our nation has a secret shame. That shame is racism and white supremacy. Now, the thing about one person's secret shame is the fact that the perpetrator of that shame feels jubilant and for a time even euphoric concerning their evil deeds. They will actually feel justified and blame the victim for the abuses. When and if the injured party approaches and attempts to confront their abuser, the assailant will become belligerent, hostile, and oftentimes aggressive. They will become threatening and even militant to justify their wrongs. It would seem that the easiest thing would be to just ignore the aggressor and move on. However, far too many have chosen that route and it's never successful. In choosing to go that way, it allows for others to feel that they too can become abusers and will even convince more that they're not only right in their wrongdoings, but that they can do it and that they should continue in the wrongs they've chosen to do. Now, please remember that I'm talking about America's secret shame, which is racism and white supremacy. All one has to do is to convince intimidate, frighten, and terrify the victims and those that might be concerned to keep quiet and not talk about the wrong. If someone can convince others not to admit that there is racism in this nation, it will continue to grow and become even more rampant. How many of us know of families where there were abusers for generations? We've all heard of the stories of inbreeding, where sisters had children for their brothers, or worse yet, their own fathers. It was all because they were told to keep quiet, and eventually, after it continued to happen throughout generations, the victims began to accept it as the norm. They became to believe that it was right, and therefore allowed it to happen to themselves and even their own little girls because they didn't stand up and fight against it, they continue to accept being victimized. Eventually, these literally became generational curses, things passed on from one generation to another, being taught and accepted as normal and right, all because no one was allowed to confront it. They were told to shut up, be quiet and don't say anything. This is what has continually happened throughout the history of this nation. Racism, hatred, bigotry, and white supremacy was kept quiet and only whispered about for generations. For decades, people, blacks as well as whites, were told not to talk about it. It's been ignored, denied, and even dismissed as someone else's problems, someone else's state, neighborhood, or community. And in the situations where it couldn't be denied, it was never talked about publicly with the purpose of it being removed. 
It was supposed to be ignored. And when things happened that weren't right or just again, it was always the victim's fault. The victim was to blame. In the same scenarios of spousal abuse, if they had stayed in their place, kept their mouth shut, and or had just gone along with things, they wouldn't have become the victims of the assaults, beatings, or the murders. If they had just kept quiet with their heads down, their homes wouldn't have been burned, their daughters wouldn't have been raped, or their sons wouldn't have been killed. All they had to do was keep quiet and continue to live in fear. But God is saying no more. These things must be brought to the open and talked about, especially in the churches and the body of Christ. In the book of Acts, in the 18th chapter, at the ninth verse, it reads, One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. I believe this is a word for many people today, if you are in a place, in a church, in a community where racism is refused to be discussed, remember the words that God spoke to Paul. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking and do not be silent. Open your mouths and speak up. Be willing to confront those in leadership and don't be quiet until you know that racism is no longer an issue in the church where you serve. To be quiet on this matter is also being hypocritical. It's to pretend that something is not there or that it doesn't exist. To be quiet on racism is to allow the races that are worshiping and praising with you on a weekly basis to plan not only your demise, but the demise of your children and grandchildren right in front of your faces with your help. Don't be afraid to speak up. There are just certain things, important things, heart-changing, life-altering things that truly matter that we cannot just keep quiet about. As in the situations with incest, it was not only accepted, but believed to be normal, right, and agreed to by all. But just like incest, racism, bigotry, white supremacy, and all the rest, it is not normal. It's not right. It's not accepted by all. And it must not only be talked about, it must be stopped. I send this message out through texting, email, messaging, Facebook, and WhatsApp to at least 200 or more people on a weekly basis. I don't follow the numbers. However, Buzzsprout, the podcast app that I use, sends them to me each week. I'm aware that of the number I send out, only a few, a very few, are downloaded and listened to. But yet, going into my second year of this podcast, I will obey the Lord my God. I will not be silent, and I will keep on speaking. 
I know personally, as many of you do, that there are things that need to be discussed in the church that have been swept under the rugs for far, far too long. As I've said over and over, these are not accusations to make others feel bad, but conversations that need to be had. Last week, the first week of 2022, two major occurrences happened. The first was January 6th, which marked the one-year anniversary of the insurrection on the capital of this nation. I just cannot wrap my mind around the fact that there are actually people who are saying that it never happened. There are still those who are saying that the election was stolen from the former president. If the election was stolen from the president, then why wasn't the Senate, the House, gubernatorial seats, and a whole bunch of other things on the same ballot stolen as well. If the presidency was stolen from the defeated president, then why wasn't everything else taken over by the Dems? Surely it would have made things a lot easier for the Democrats to control the nation if that were the case and if it were possible. It would have been easier to steal the Senate and the House and the governor's seats in each state, giving control to the Democrats, even while leaving a Republican president in place. Why don't people stop and consider the circumstances surrounding the accusations? Christians will give an account before God for the wrong, evil, hateful things that are accepted, believed, and followed. It's so sad that people are willing to agree to lies simply because it's what they want to believe. I can truly understand and even sympathize with the parent who believes in their child when their child has been accused of committing a crime. I can feel for someone whose child is in prison and they're continually saying that their child is innocent. In many of these cases, it was true, and the facts later prove that person's innocence. However, when fact after fact and truth after truth continually show the reality of a matter, eventually it becomes senseless as well as irresponsible to accept and insist on baseless claims. It's even worse when those who believe these baseless claims begin to push their beliefs on others. These are the actions of the former president and his followers. In my last podcast, one of the things I said was that we will stand and give an account for what and who we have chosen to believe, especially when those that we have chosen to follow are not of God. Truly, truly, without a shadow of a doubt, There are many, many who have begun to follow this man as though he's God himself. The churches, pastors, teachers, leaders, evangelists, prophets, and all the rest who are pushing this man upon their listeners from their pulpits will stand in judgment. Someone messaged me last week and said that 
one of the quote unquote Christian television stations she was listening to with pastor after pastor, all she heard being preached was the name of the former president. I must ask, what has happened to the name of Jesus Christ in the church? Where is the God we love and serve in the pulpits around the nation? So much is being accepted as right because so much of the wrong is being taught in the churches from the pulpits. And for those who would say that this is why they're following this man, that they believe this is God's will, as I read on one man's shirt at the insurrection, for guns, God, and Trump, then let me say that you're doing more harm than good. As I've been saying for close to two years now, it's Christians who are destroying Christianity. What happened to winning souls for Christ? What happened to believing God to do what we have the faith in him to do? I'm sure that many Christians are following in the, in the steps and the words of Donald Jr. when he said that following the Bible principles of turning the other cheek has gotten us nothing. So are Christians ready to take matters into their own hands and stop trusting God? Do those who profess that what they're doing is glorifying God really believe that? To do and say the mean and hateful things that many do and yet call themselves Christians, Christ-like, is a slap in the face of the Almighty himself. To harbor such hatred, anger, and resentment to one's fellow man and say that they're like Christ is an insult to his name. People can be so bold in doing and saying things, even willing to take up arms and fight a war, a civil war on this nation's soil in order that others are kept in subservient positions and yet still profess Christianity. The more I talk about this, the more I understand why this is truly a shame and embarrassment, absolutely mortifying to every person who claims to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Yes, shame upon us all, but as shameful as it is, it can no longer be our secret shame. These things need to be talked about. They must be talked about. And we should no longer ostracize those. And as the saying goes, ghost those who are broaching these difficult issues. Be open. Open your hearts, minds, and spirits. And be willing to talk about racism, bigotry, and white supremacy in the body of Christ. I pray that this episode has been enlightening to each of you, and I pray that you will share it with others, encouraging your church members, families, friends, neighbors, and co-workers to listen to the podcast, This is the Voice of the Prophet, on any podcast server. 
Until next Monday, remember that I am praying for each and every person who listens, asking our Father's blessings and favor upon you. God bless each and every one of you, and thank you so much for listening.